Welcome to Photodump. This is a podcast by and for working photographers with Ren and Jen. We got Jay Leonard. He's an editorial and advertising photographer based in New York and specializes in what I think is incredible portraiture. I'm a huge fan. (laughs) His clients include The Hollywood Reporter, HBO, New York Times, and Warby Parker, and many more. We are super, super excited to talk to you, Jay. Thanks so much for taking the time. I'm honored that you asked me to be on. (laughs) To start, very basic question, but I feel like everyone has a different answer. How did you get into photography? Um, I mean, I first started taking pictures in high school. And um, I had this funny story about a a friend who kind of basically came over to me and asked me to take some pictures of her and her friends. And she had a camera. And I gave it back to her and was like, that was fun. So I got my own. And, you know, some small Olympus, you know, 35. And then kind of grew from there. And um, that was like my junior year of high school. And then after that, it was like, you know, the, the school newspaper and, and then into college. I saw you went to SVA. So did you go straight into photo no. school? No. Yeah, I had such a journey. Um, SVA was my last college. I went to three. Oh, you were in Atlanta. I remember. Morning, yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. Yes. I went straight to Atlanta. And I was there for um, almost three years. Uh, I was at Morehouse College. I was double majoring in business um, and psychology. And a minor in music. And oh, wow. Yeah. I, you know, during all that, I was also taking pictures for like people on campus. And then like there was these fashion shows that would come and like be produced in Atlanta. And I would shoot the fashion shows as well. I was like, whatever I could get my hands on, you know. That's awesome. Um, but it was such a total hobby at the time, you know. You weren't making money off it. You were just doing it on the side for fun. Totally. Yeah. Just it was fun and it was available to me. Yeah. I didn't even really kind of get the idea that I could make money yet. <laughs> How did you get that idea? <laughs> when did that transition? Um, After like another year or so, I was like, yeah, I feel like this could bring something in. And then I was like, I really love this and I need a break from Atlanta. So I was like, you know what, let me get out of here. And I went to London where like all my, all the publications that I was falling in love with at the time like, for example, another magazine had like just launched a, a year or two prior, um, just a bunch of UK stuff. And and I went over there and I did my first photography class. Oh, cool. Yeah. But that was only because the transfer through the schools allowed me to like keep my majors. So then do you actually have majors in all these? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I kept my majors and then added the photography course and was in London. And then I thought I was going to come back to Atlanta. I tried, which is a whole other story. But I basically lasted two weeks and... Uh, and I left. I took off and was like... You were just like, I'm over Atlanta? Or was it something a little bit more complicated? Yeah, it was the experience, you know? It was a bit more complicated. Um, this is Atlanta uh, after the Olympics. So it's a city, but like also... I think it was like the 98 Olympics or something. But it's also um, like the South. And it was really segregated, mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. it was a city, you know? And like, it, just, it was a little... It was culture shock for me, you know? And also, I'll be honest... It was culture shock for me too because I'm from Cali and I was like in I was thrown into this like made like all black community suddenly and um I was the odd person out in a different way. Um I was like this skater kid on a campus of like a few thousand students I was like the sick the skater kid. <laughs> you know? Wow. Yeah, like wow. it was just weird. And I'm from Cali, so like yeah, it was just weird. I didn't didn't feel like I belonged. So I took off. That's so interesting because I'm actually from Atlanta. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. I grew up I grew up in Atlanta or like outside of Atlanta, but um that's interesting that you say that because I actually feel like sometimes when I'm here I feel like it's more segregated here in a different way than in Atlanta. <laughs> How big is Atlanta? Is it like a big city that just have like super defined neighborhoods? Is that yeah. where it's yes. sort of like LA. It's sprawling. Mm-hmm. You don't just sort of like run into the next thing. So then was London, did that just feel like a complete game changer for you? That was heaven. That was amazing. (laughs) I mean, I was at an international school and that made sense to me because not anymore, but when I grew up in San Jose, California, that was actually, I think, in the top three most uh, culturally diverse cities in the United States. So like, yes, I was in a white like neighborhood, but the community was super diverse, you know. Um, I have friends from all over. So going to London and being an international school, like felt like I just felt at home, you know, 
and I made friends so quickly and so easily. Like, yeah, it was just a different thing. And some of those friends, I mean, I just went to one of those friends' wedding uh, two months ago in the Philippines. So like life, lifelong friends, a lot of them. And I was there for less than a year. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, it felt, it felt like home, you know? But I, I couldn't stay. Just because of like visa stuff or like, like what? Oh, it was just, it was, the dollar was like two to one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't stay because you were being responsible. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I couldn't afford anything. Right. So, I mean, I know you went to, you ended up in SVA and it kind of ties into both the SVA and London experience because Jennifer and I didn't go to photo school. So I'm super curious what photo school was like, like what kind of stuff did you learn? things like that, especially in the year course that you took in London. What did you cover in that year that set you up for your next chapter? That was photo 101, you know, that that class. That was like my introduction to the world of photography, what it means to like make an image and really choosing like even down just to the f-stops and f-stops and why. And it was uh, developing, shooting, making a book. Uh, yeah, it was great. It was really great. That's awesome. And you guys were shooting film? Yeah, we were shooting film. Digital had not yet popped off. <laughs> this was uh, 2004. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right around when digital was getting big. Yeah. I think my second year at SVA was when the Mark II, the D Mark II one came out. And that was like the first sort of uh, camera that was priced for amateur professionals, you know? So right, people right. were going to get their hands on it. And schools were buying it also, you know, and SVA got a hand. And yeah, what was your experience like at SVA? Did you did you feel like going to photo school set you up for pursuing your career? Uh, going to a liberal arts school in Atlanta set me up for going to my career, ah. which is funny to say, but like- Because you took business and all of that stuff. Yeah, the journey of like understanding people and the way things work got me to like feel confident in focusing on art. And uh, yeah, it just kind of, came together for me and you know all, all the work I was making was came stemmed from my one of my majors my, my psychology major I was studying child development so like all this work I was making was actually rooted in, in those studies and sexuality the two tell us more <laughs> <laughs> whatever well, do you I mean, mean? <laughs> I, yeah I at the time I was really interested in the psychology of sex so Coming into that major, there was only a certain type of courses that I could take and that were also offered. There weren't a lot of sexuality courses, so I started taking child development to kind of understand early psyche and how we can develop from there and when sexuality comes into play. So when I started shooting, I was writing stories and creating scenes uh, and picking them apart and having an image that felt like a piece of the story. It was always a story about someone engaging in their sexuality in a way that felt not norm. It would, you know, being with a teddy bear, but not just like BDSM and candles and stuff like that. Like more things that like felt like home items that feel like home to them and like make them comfortable, but also turn them on. I was doing a lot of that work. And then it like went into a bunch of other places. Oh, that's so interesting. Yes, yeah, so I was like really focused on art at first. You know, I was I was like I the all the stuff I'm doing now is such a <laughs> journey to get here. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like your the work that you're creating now still feels really story driven. Yeah, I'd like to think so. And like all that early work was really me testing my boundaries on how to create a scene and light the scene. I'm just such a technician that really carried me through, and I think carries through the, all the work that I do, which is that just kind of how I paint the scene a little bit color and light and learning on film and doing it on film and like having to do it on film was just really informing did a lot of that earlier work get you into some of your now editorial commercial work or like what was that transition like um i'll be honest i got I, you know i i had help i don't know a lot of us do right most of us don't do this alone so but i had help in my family uh my older sister by eight years at the time when i came to new york was a creative director at an ad agency on the West Coast. So I got really, uh, I also have a background in advertising, which I sort of leap pad from there. But because of that help, it was an easy transition for me to get a few meetings, um, having someone vouch for me and be like, hey, look at this work. Um, I was showing that portfolio that I was showing at the time that got me my first job ever was shooting like an advertorial for Dr. Pepper. Um, and 
It was for Complex Magazine. That was your first job ever? That's a great first job. Okay, so here's the thing about that. You would think so. It sounds big, but it's not. Like, we're talking like like $500 budget all in. Yes, no, I know what you're saying, because it's advertorial. Advertorial, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's an editorial going in a mag, but, like, it's for a larger brand, but it's also featuring the person and whoever they're featuring is, like, their brand as well. It's a collaboration. And I had no idea how much I should be getting paid at the time. Like, none. So yeah, like that meeting though, to get that job was me showing all the work that I'd shot in my final year SVA. And that was work that was getting me shows in gal. I was like, sh- I was showing in galleries at the time. Like I wasn't like taking them around to like do editorial work. It was me trying to, I was once or twice a year, I was doing a show for a good three, four years. Were you originally trying to be like a fine art photography and, and do the whole gallery world or, or was the goal to get into like editorial and advertising? Well, it was both, but I thought I had to make the art to get there. So like it was definitely in the back of my mind, but I hadn't quite made the decision to be like, hey, I'm making this work to do this. Um, I was still like in that transition of like really focusing on the fine art, but also understanding that I need the other stuff. So yeah, they gave me an opportunity and I ended up shooting for Complex for like five years. I shot so much of their at like, and only like I, I, I never got asked to shoot an editorial, never shot a portrait of someone. It was always their advertising team who was hitting me up. So it was all like product based, product focused. I shot a lot of G-Shock watches, Dr. Pepper, Modelo beer, Coke. What else? Those are a lot of brands. Yeah. After you graduated college, did you assist or like, or did you go right into shooting for yourself or was it a mix of both? It was a mix of both. I got a handful of those jobs and they weren't coming very, like I say I did it for five years, but it's not like I just started shooting. It was often, you know, it was like every several months they were hitting me up to do one or two things. Definitely not enough to sustain me, especially at that rate. Like I wasn't making any money. Yeah, I started like I I graduated and I think maybe just a year after graduation, I stopped working at Industry Studios, which was still on the west side of Manhattan at the time. Um, they've kind of broken up a little bit. But yeah, I was I was uh, I was working there and then was like, OK, I need to like be on set. I need to like be in the flow. And so I started assisting like right after and just started whoever was you know going to be able to take me on. And I had already had a few internships and like work with a couple of guys. Um, the guy who actually taught me used to be Annie Leibovitz first. And he like really taught oh, me. Wow. That's awesome. Holy moly. Our first meeting was him timing me on changing the RZ, uh, on, uh, or Mimia RZ uh, back. Oh my gosh. He was a real militant, but um, he was also amazing and like really taught me how to shoot, really taught me how to light. I don't know if mentorships exist anymore, but it sounds like he was a mentor. He was absolutely a mentor. And I had two at the time. And the mentor thing is really big for me. You know, I've, I've always had someone, you know, or I shouldn't say someone, but I'd say I usually have a few people in my life who like I can sort of pick for something, you know, relationships are incredibly important to me on a variety of levels. And yeah, that you know, I feel like that they, they are what carries me through all the work that I do. So you were doing some assisting, but you're shooting on your own. Was there a specific time when you're like, I'm just not going to take on any more assisting jobs and I'm just going to do my own thing or maybe a job that happened? That- it was a combination of a few things. But yeah, I remember that moment. That was like uh, two years before the pandemic. So what, 2018? I, I assisted for like seven, eight, seven, eight years. And I was shooting at the time, again, not enough to sustain me, but I was shooting stuff. And it also got to the point where I was good enough where like I had a few guys towards the end of that, like where we were troubleshooting clients, like because they were such big projects and people trusted me to do that. So that was really nice too. And getting paid as a shooter as well, not just like kind of sort of being a first and like doing that work. My big transition out, I used to be Miller Mobley uh, first. I did that for two years. He really kind of took me into the world of where I am now. That was a huge moment for me. Um, it just so happened that we clicked and, uh, you know, we both wanted the same thing. And so we worked for for two years together. And then at the end of that, I was like, I'm ready to do my own thing. And, um, I basically, yeah, I like started letting clients who had, I'd been on set with him and other people know, Hey, I'm not assisting anymore, but we had a good time on set. So if you wanted me to shoot something small for you, I'd be happy to, you know? 
did you have to get his blessing or anything to to do that kind of outreach or was it just he was super supportive and he was like go forth young grasshopper pretty supportive yeah um i think it was important that him and i had similar tastes but we were not creating the same work and he saw that i was shooting while i was assisting him so you know it it makes the whole thing more comfortable you know yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) There's enough work for all of us, you know, especially if the work is different. And you weren't like knocking at his client's door per se <laughs> to shoot the same thing. Well, that's not true. I oh. mean, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> the reason why I have such a good relationship with The Hollywood Reporter and Billboard is because I met Miller when he started shooting covers for them. So I did a lot of those covers with him and it definitely put us into a cog of a, a good work relationship. But again, I feel like it's, you know, it's predicated on how we work together. Um, On set, like, I'm not really just there to help. I really want the image to be good. And I think that made me excel as an assistant as well. Um, The clients understood that they could talk to me about certain things that they were trying to make happen, even with Miller or uh, if he's multitasking, doing something else, et cetera, et cetera. There were just certain moments where I could really step up and be supportive. Yeah. Yeah, that you were just like an extension to him basically yeah because they're both supporting mm-hmm. each other that's awesome yeah so it was comfortable well you know it's, uh it, it's just the way, the way of the world you know you have an assistant you build them up and hopefully they want to do their own thing you know you sound like the dream <laughs> assistant actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's hard it is now knowing that i've done it so long i'm like yo it's it's hard but like i, I do focus on building up people it's, it's important and that's part of it too like you got to build what you want you know <laughs> I was super curious to know what um, your first big celebrity shoot was like, and if you could kind of walk us through what goes into that shoot. I know that they're all different, um, but maybe just like your first big rodeo that you're like, oh my gosh, this is this is the moment. This is. I'm glad you said. Okay. <laughs> I like you said big rodeo um, because my qu- I was going to respond with a question, and that is my first celeb or my first like actual celeb project. Because um, I feel like mm, I shot. Well, a what's the difference? Well, to answer that quickly, I can say that I think my first celeb ever was um, Sarah Jessica Parker, but that was like yes, you're doing a portrait of her, but you have two minutes. You can't even bring anything in. Like there's no support where it's for an opening of her shoe store, but it's going in vogue. Like, so yes, like, you know, it's like this weird jumble of like, what? like, okay, like, what am I supposed to do with it? It's like not something that you had time to plan or prep or do anything for. Not quite in the way that I wanted to. And I got some nice images out of it. I did bring in the light. Like I made something work, but um, not quite like my first rodeo, which was Mahershala Ali for, I think the 2020 thr stylist portfolio i did one of the four covers for that that was my first cover ever tell us about it yeah tell us about it what went into (laughs) that um i know just i know for me anytime i've had to shoot a celebrity the celebrities even in the presence i'm like oh my gosh even though i don't even it's just i can't help (laughs) but be that way (laughs) fortunately going back to what we were just talking about i i i had some training being on a lot of sets before not as a photographer. So that was very helpful when it like switched over to me, you know, you know, staying, staying focused. <laughs> um, I have to, you know, preface the story with Mahershala and my first cover and him being like my real first big celeb with um, another story of how it came about, which is that I had been shooting for THR for like three and a half years um, something like that. And like, it was a lot of the back of the book stuff, a lot of, um, executives, a lot of like people who, you know, people who were making movies or who would, yeah, not quite in front of camera talent. So that said, uh, you know, I was like, I need to change this. I'm going to make another update my portfolio. I shot like three new stories, put them together in a small PDF, was like, hey guys, it's been three years. Love working with you. Um, would love another, oppor- would love any opportunity to shoot like real talent. 
Um, it's been three years of, you know, shooting this other content for you and I'm hoping that you like it. So let's do something else. And um, I send off that email, man, that was really, really scary to like really put myself out there like that. But later that night at like near midnight <laughs> and like also I have to think LA time, but like, again, near midnight for me, uh, yeah, the director at the time had reached out and was like, yeah, you're totally right. I'm going to give you a cover. It's in two weeks. <gasps> I that fast, you know? So I say that I have to preface the story with Mahershala because it's, it was like, it'll forever be a moment for me where I'm reminded, ask for what you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm still this many years in the game, still like sort of timid in certain areas and can't be, you know? So that was really the moment. Um, so yeah, uh, she was like, it's Mahershala. It's a stylist portfolio. There's going to be three other covers. We're going to do this in LA. Um, we're looking for an area. Give me some ideas, you know, and let's talk about all the other stuff. What did the planning look like for that shoe? Like, how did you get ready? Ultimately, it comes down to location. And based on that, we can try to tell a story if it's necessary or not. Um, for us in that scenario, it was about him and his stylist. So it's about it's about glamour. It's about them looking great. We're not telling the story of any movie. So uh, yeah, doing a little bit of research on both of them, knowing that they're going to pick out whatever they're going to pick out because it's their it's about their relationship. Um, and also knowing him and his background, I was leaning on like what kind of scenario do we want to create that feels comfortable for them in their vein and style but also kind of elevates them and yeah we picked this bar in the west hollywood um very sort of like 1920s uh like french cafe sort of but like a bit more poppy lots of like texture and yeah we we did a shoot there um pretty simple i just spend my time arriving a few hours early with my team and mapping as many possible options out as I can. Um, I'm, I'm all about that. I'm always kind of getting there early to just like, I have samples of everything and I have boards of samples for them to see. I'm trying to create this environment for him to come into and like, feel like he's stepping onto a set, like, like a real, like a, like a set that we really created a scene for and not just kind of him out and they had a really good time and it was quick i'm curious to know did you have a set designer on there what kind of budget are you i know when i've done editorials that they're just like no money and i know for artists that are on my roster like a lot of the agents have said the photographers are basically going out of pocket for a cover shot so i'm curious to know you don't have to speak specifics but how much like pre-pro and production actually goes into it how much how big of a team did you have and how much time did you have with him once you were there so you have to take in mind this is not a solo cover um but it is a special cover for them but it's also one of four it's not a huge budget um their thr i you know i i will say uh in my experience the last several years of shooting especially editorial like thr is definitely one of the more well-paying and just kind of consistent with work, um, not just for me, but generally the way that they produce and the timing of the, each mag and, and billboard. Um, they're really good about putting the photography first. So, you know, you get a fee and then you get a cover fee and then there's an equipment fee and then assistance. I can in those scenarios, I'm always asking for at least two. They understand that you need support. And then digital tech as well. They always want everything the next day. That's just always their thing. Oh, wow. Um, like finished, like, just done. Like, you know, edited for you to, for them to look through, to go to retouching. You know, it's just always a quick turnaround with them, um, which I've gotten used to and is fine. Um, that just means, you know, we get the support that we need to make it happen efficiently. And yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're not putting me through the ringer. I'm not like paying for the location out of pocket. They're handling a lot of stuff. They have a lot of relationships that they, you know, with larger tier restaurants that have smaller restaurants that they deal with. So that's all set up. 
and then really I'm just dealing with, you know, equipment crew, like all the expendable kind of stuff like that. I need to like make it work and make it look good. Um, but again, not a huge team. Like that's pretty kind of standard on that, on that side. I didn't get a set designer um, because the set is pretty much ready to go in which maybe we have a production assistant in my team to like move things around. If like, I want to set up a certain kind of shot um, on this one, it's actually funny because there's one of these images that they uh of him and he's in this chair it's kind of a three-quarter but he's got a huge stack of chairs behind him and that's from that's like a callback to my earlier fine artwork because i used to only work with chairs oh i love that trying to constantly like you know (laughs) bring it all better bring them all back together um but sometimes i get those moments you know Wow. I know you said that for someone like THR, we'll set up the location, everything like that. You don't get like a scout day. You just make a point to get there early and find your framing there before the shoot formally kicks off. It totally depends. Sometimes I do get a scout day. For that one, I didn't because I'm in Cal. I'm in New York and we're in LA. And yeah, I could have come in a day earlier, but um, ultimately it was like, we're always going through a list of possible locations, we narrow it down and then we decide. Um, It's rare that we really, really need to see something um, in person. Most people have like good people in pictures first to make a decision. But if I do go on a scout, it's because I feel like it's going to be precarious and I'll, and I want to understand what loading is like and where, if, if I can fit certain style of lights, that's usually anything for me to do location scout for it's like tech stuff you know just logistics actually speaking of lighting your lighting's incredible so because you're going around you know like a lot of your portraiture is in obviously very different locations what is your lighting inspired by for each different location or each different talent or anything like that do you have a mood board or vision board that you're referencing and you're just trying different things for different people or do you have specific ideas that are inspired by something about the person or the location it's always a combination like always a little bit of something more of something else um i always start with a mood board can't not i'd say 75 percent of the time i had the mood board on set for talent to see especially bigger talent. it's great when everyone feels like there's a well to pull from especially if it's right off just like the set and, you know, we, we can look at it together and be like, Oh, I was really feeling this, or this is kind of cool, you know? And, you know, it, it, they get to mirror and not feel so uncomfortable seeing that like, it's been, you know, there's a range that find ourselves comfortable in. Yeah. I always also do research on my, on my talent, but I guess that depends more on who and why I love digging, uh, you know, love, even if it's simple, I'll watch a few interviews and just, I want to hear their voice. You know, I want to hear their instructions. I want to see them move a little bit and see what like hand gestures that they do, like without thinking. Like I, I like noticing stuff, you know, um, because then I'll have an idea of what they might bring to set and then what I can do to elevate that, you know, um, if they're closed off or, or they're really big and like to, you know, lean back or whatever. Um, yeah. So like, I'd like to do that kind of research. Obviously, these are people that you have not a lot of time with, I'm assuming, for the most part. Like, how long is an average shoot and how do you make time to connect with them to get them comfortable in such a short window? It's actually funny you say this because recently I've been like, I need to like create some more work and also do a book. And I'm like, I should do a book about all my shoots that were under 15 minutes. Oh, that's Um, such a good idea. (laughs) Yeah. And like, yeah, I'd say average 15 minutes, but like 15 minutes per book. Sometimes it's only one look. A lot of times recently it's been like, you know, two or three, but yeah, it's not a lot of time. And for a lot of reasons like that, they don't have a lot of time. And also just more so most people don't want to spend a lot of time, especially I depend me, depending on my lighting, like someone walks in, they look good in it. Then it doesn't take too long to create something. And that's where I, you know, that's where I feel I'm bringing what, what I can do, you know? Yeah. So not very long, but the comfortability thing, um, it's funny. I was actually thinking about this for this conversation because I've been talking about it a lot more, but I haven't been thinking about it in too in depth like I should. And 
I think there's something about, uh, it's actually funny too, because I was listening to a podcast today where it hit me. I was listening to Stephen Yoon. <laughs> oh my God. Um, we have to talk about beef. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. It's the whole conversation, but yeah, I was listening to him talk about confidence and, and him translating that from Korean. And I was, it, it came to me that like, there's something about people, people just had this sixth sense that they don't, fully understand, right? You can tell when something's off, when someone's sort of lying to you, you pick up on cues. Um, you can tell when people are confident. Like, and I think that I'm confident in being able to be genuinely nice to people and just listen. There's something about me there. I can, I can actively do it. And uh, the way that some people find their strength and confidence in being witty or funny or a jerk, you know, like, you know, <laughs> being mean yeah. or whatever. But I, some confidence I have in being nice and I feel like I, I, I can be disarming. Um, and I, and I, I lay heavily on that. Um, I also rely heavily on music and my music background is like a huge thing that I bring with me. You know, I love music. I make sure that it usually dictates the room. Um, I let it do a lot of work for me, you know, and if I get someone to be in a good mood, even if it's me handing them Spotify right before we start, you know, even if it's that, which is not always the case, but sometimes I'll just let them do that. And uh, yeah, I just let the, I let the music do the thing. Well, I was going to ask you that if you curated um, a playlist for each artist that you're a celebrity that you're shooting. Everyone. Yeah, even if it's like 10, 12 songs, like right before, I can like do that with Spotify and then it'll start to go into its radio, you know, so I can at least like get a vibe going. But again, I'm not shooting from them for that long. So, you know, I don't usually have to create something that's all day, you know. Did you always have that kind of comfort and ease about yourself in these kinds of situations or did you get nervous in the beginning? Is it something that you had to work through or was it just like, I love being with people? And I feel good about it. Yeah, it really is. I love people. That's awesome. And, you know, it was assisting and realizing that, like, there's a lot of people who are awkward, you know, especially when it comes to that specific role. You know, um, I'm an anticipator. I genuinely like helping. <laughs> like, I just really do, you know. Um, I, I, even now, I find myself on my own sets and my assistants are like, stop it. Like, stop touching things, Jay. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> you know? They're like, please let me. Yeah, you can't help yeah. that. I, I totally know what you mean, especially when you came from doing a lot of things on your own. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For for anyone that is awkward or gets nervous, do you have any tips on... <laughs> I'm raising my hand for everyone not seeing this visually. <laughs> any tips to help relax? Well, you know what I actually do is um, I I usually try to have a small moment with the subject right before. Um, it's not when they're like in hair and makeup and stuff. It's like right when they come to set and they've come over to take pictures. Like I'll make sure that they and I have a distance from the rest of the set. And we just like connect for a second, even if it's for three or four seconds. But you'd be like, yo, how are you? I'm really glad you're here. You know, just like try to zone out everyone else for a second. Even if it's for five to 10 seconds, have that moment because the connection is very strong. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot, actually. That's a great advice. Yeah, I, I really rely on that. Um, it's so easy to be distracted on set. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Especially from their point of view, you know? So it's like there's they're looking at 50 different things. They're not just looking at the camera. They're avoiding 50 different things that are happening to assist in styling other people looking at the screen, the tech. They're avoiding so much to concentrate on me and you. So yeah, to bring them in for a second is really great. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like something that I have been trying, I mean, I, I don't shoot celebrity or portraiture, but just shooting lifestyle with talent and models and stuff. I I feel like the bigger the shoot gets and the, and the more help you have, the, and when you have assistants that are like, stop touching stuff, it actually gives you space to 
interact with the people that you're going to work with in front of the camera. And I feel like that's something that I'm so used to helping set up and trying to get stuff ready as fast as possible. And I've been really trying to kind of like have those moments, like you said, but it's, it's hard because it's hard to kind of like separate the two, but I guess that's just something you have to do. Yeah. And sometimes it's harder than other times, you know, but it's like, it's always the focus for me. And yeah, again, like I, I, I get distracted, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Especially you have like, you have such a small window to begin with. So if you have a portrait shoot, do you dictate what the talent's call time is or, or do you plan that setup and pre-light based around that one time that they're available? Like, how does that work? Cause I'm sure you do like hours before they actually arrive. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I'd say nine out of 10 times it's dictated on where they are and what time they have, you know, what city, even in a lot of times it's like, what part of town are they in? Let's make it as convenient as possible. That's always the goal when it comes to that talent. You know, um, I do a lot. I've done so many hotels where we make a set on a hotel um, just because PR happens at hotels, you know, these PR junctions where they take over these large rooms and stuff like that. And they're running through different rooms and doing all these small interviews. So yeah, um, it's about making it as convenient as possible. And then seeing from there who's available based on what makes them most comfortable. So for me, especially with like the fashion thing, that's never been able to be my focus because the people come first. And by the time that I'm asked to shoot someone, they already have a stylist, you know? Um, There's a few, there's, you know, three out of, two out of 10 scenarios. Do, am I on a, am I on a set where they're like, hey, do you have, you know, an opinion about a stylist or whatever? It's very rare, you know, those relationships are so strong between talent and styling. Um, So it's, it's great because I know that, they're likely going to show up with someone they like and clothes that they like, and it's going to be a good time, you know, because the fashion really dictates their mood too. Um, but at the same time, I just don't get a lot of say in it. Uh, when the when it arrives, I get to be like, oh, I love this. Let's like work with this, which is nice, you know. And I'd say most of those stylists that I'm working with are really professional. They're bringing tons of stuff. So we get to pick and go through some stuff, and that's great. Um, but yeah, that, you know, it's just that moment. Even then, it's up to talent. They, they need to feel comfortable. And, and by keeping them comfortable, do you, do you direct them in a certain way or do you kind of just let them do their thing or vibe to the music or, or, or what is it? I mean, I, I, you, I've got to be flexible. Uh, and you know, it's funny. I'm going to go back to that story I said about Sarah Jessica Parker because I had a huge lesson on that one. Mm. Um, I was just learning how to pull people in and I did that with her and it backfired. <laughs> and, you know, not in like a bad, bad way, but like, you know, it was basically like me being like going up and, you know, being close and just being like, yo, I'm really glad you're here. Um, this is going to be really easy. I'm just going to have you sit here. And she stopped me and was like, stop, I've done this. <laughs> uh... okay. You know, so like there's a part of me and, it, and I'm going to be honest, it wasn't rude. It wasn't. She was just like, you know, we're going to be this is gonna be quick. I'm going to give you what I want. And I respect that. The, the woman's been in Vogue 50 times. She's Sarah Jessica Parker. She's a fashion queen, right? So I'm like, it's fine. But I was trying to, I was thinking going into that moment, like, as with everyone, I'm also sort of trying to level the playing field. And she wasn't someone who wanted to be on the same level, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And that's totally fine. I had to like kind of, you know, I have to be aware. Recalibrate a little. Yeah, recalibrate. So it was a it was a it was a teachable moment for me. You know, it was a good moment. I won't forget it. And like I said, it wasn't really rude or anything, but it was it was matter of fact. You know. (laughs) So that's your question. Yeah, I I do my best to feel people out, and that's part of me watching interviews, especially right because how they deal with press and like how they deal with certain. scenarios of talking and and interacting will give me cues on their personality you know and it it, it helps a lot god i feel like if someone responded to me that way i would have just thrown up (laughs) i think that's part of it you know when 
when the talent has, you know, this is not their first photo shoot. And so um, I think that's also part of it that gets to me in my head. I'm like, oh, do I look like I know what I'm doing? (laughs) Um, Is a big part of it because they've done so many big things. But, you know, most of the time at the end of the day, they're they're just normal people just like us. And they're totally nice and um, not (laughs) me or anything. (laughs) Yeah, and even, you know, no names, but like there are some huge A-list celebs who are great on camera video and awkward in front of still camera. You know, there's a different concept of moving, right? Like going through a character and walking through a room and playing a part and getting involved is one thing. And standing there and looking at a camera and staying in one moment for a very long time is another, you know, and recreating over and over and over, and over again. Some actors have a really hard time doing that. And some of them just don't want to also. Like, you know, there's that. And so how do you work with that? You'd be quick. You'd be quick, yeah. <laughs> get it as fast as possible. You just get it. Have you um, photographed, like, someone that you really idolized yet? Someone that you would actually get nervous about shooting? Actually, you just don't get okay, nervous. Okay, well, you know what? <laughs> I'll be honest. I just had one a couple of weeks ago that made me a little nervous. I don't know why. Like on some like boy crush stuff, but um, <laughs> Gemma Chan made me nervous. <laughs> yeah, 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 she made me nervous. <laughs> so, oh, how did you work through it? I was quick. I'm just being professional. I'm just going through the motions. <laughs> you know, we were, you know, I, I did a group shot and then I did a single, and the single with her was like three minutes, four minutes, you know? And yeah, maybe I got a hundred shots off because I was just blasting. But like, I'm moving around trying to just create something. But yeah, she was very sweet, very nice. <laughs> oh my gosh! So nothing to actually be worried about. No, no, no. But you know, okay. Another uh, well, that's not a true question though. Um, anyone? I want to hear really the story about? though. Yeah, tell us the hot you don't have, uh, Like you don't have to tell us. <laughs> you don't have to answer the question. You can tell us whatever you want to tell us. Um, I was gonna We're say that. To listen to you. <laughs> I was going to say that 50 Cent, I just had that one recently. That was a nervous one. Um, And that personality wise, like I know him as, for me, it's like two different figures. One is 50 Cent, the rapper, who has this like long history, you know, of his story and his music intertwined. And then there's also 50 Cent, the business mogul who talks a lot of shit online, (laughs) you know, (laughs) really does. Like, and um, I'd say because I'm so far from it, most of it's funny to me. But then the idea of me being in the same room, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> like, I was just nervous. Um, it's one of the very, very few times that uh, someone was like, who put on this music? And it wasn't like, I love this song. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> but he was also giving me shit because like, he had just did something with the artist. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, but yeah, he he was nice. He was nice, but he really made me nervous. <laughs> and how, how much time did you spend with him? And is it one of those things where you're like, just 10 more minutes, just get through 10 more minutes? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we had a good time. Uh, I think we did three looks. And so, I mean, with the changes, it was probably an hour and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah. But like actual time in front of camera? 25 minutes. And by the end, did you feel like you guys warmed up to each other? Did you feel a little bit more relaxed or, or were you just kind of on edge? The whole- Absolutely. Yeah. You fall into it, you know? Um, and I'm quick to like laugh off any negativity, you know, like I'm just on set to wrangle a crew of people and I'm Mr. Positivity. Like, you know, like I, I'm there to get it done. I'm there to have a good time. Um, yeah. So usually stuff doesn't really bother me. Like, you, you know, and, and and I guess I say that just also because not 50 Cent in particular, but like if a moment becomes awkward or, you know, if someone's not in a good mood, I mean, that happens. People have bad days, right? Like celebrating or not. So, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm really there to like hopefully also help them forget about whatever's going on outside and just be super positive and be entertaining and, and get a few pictures done, make it easy for them. Um, I noticed on your Instagram, you have a little Pinterest page of people that you would love to photograph. I think that's a great idea. Um, Um, I was curious to know, 
you know, has ever anyone ever looked at it and was like, oh, you know, I'm going to hire Jay for this? Or is it just, yeah. how did that come about? I made that like a year and a half ago. Like, I guess that was like, yeah, in this, into the second year of pandemic. And I, I don't know. I think I was just like, there's a bunch of people out there that I want to shoot. And like, this is another great conversation starter, you know? And, and I should have this page. I have a page for everybody else. So I'm like, I should just have a page of people who I want to shoot and people who, because it was also like for me to like see how are these people connected? I wonder, you know? And um, so, yeah, I made that. Um, I definitely passed it around. Um, it's oh, so you shared it to like, uh, Oh yeah, yeah. I've shared it with clients. No one's ever come back and said, Hey, I remember this person that was on your page. <laughs> um, but it's definitely come up in a few conversations. You know, I haven't, honestly, I haven't looked back into, into it in like about like just under a year. Because it's been busy. Maybe there's some people that you can mark yeah. off <laughs> that list. Know, right? um, because I actually think Gemma is on there. Gemma's on I there. Think. Yeah. I, no, I thought that was just fun because it's just also another way of putting yourself, putting out what you want and hoping that somehow exactly. in the world it's going to come back to you. Yeah. You really got to tell the world. Like you, and like that's, yeah, back to that what we were talking about earlier. Just like, yeah. Um, and how are you going to do that? And I feel like just the visuals help, you know? I would love to know what the largest production or what the largest amount of pre-production you've ever put into a large scale shoot with like a celebrity portrait. You, I know you do group portraits. You've done some really big shoots. And I'm just curious what that pre-production looks like and, and how much time actually went into getting the shoot day off the ground. You're making me think about uh, my a, a billboard shoot I did a few years ago. Um, it was the Clive Davis Grammys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a lot. That was a big boy. It's a, it's a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of pre-production. Um, it's a lot of back and forth, a lot for weeks on end. Um, and I and I'll also just say that with like I think for editorial. Like the advertising much longer. I'll be in pre-production for three months, which is insane times. But um, uh, yeah, for editorial, like, a, like, you know, being a month out and like having talks every other day is like, wow. Um, there's a few things about that shoot, which is one, it's not a standalone, um, meaning like it's, a, it's an annual one. So they're sort of in, they have some sort of framework for it, which is really good. But ultimately, the way it comes together is very last minute. So that's why there's so much conversation, so much back and forth. We don't really know who's going to show up. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. yeah. So you, you're like, there will be a running list and it's constantly changing. The only thing that's set is the the, the space, um, which is at a specific hotel in, uh, in L.A. And... They basically give you the dimensions and, you know, you, you, you figure out what way you want to make it work and you start talking with the photo team on what have they done in the past? What do they not want to do? What feels good for this new group? You know, um, we talk about color palettes uh, and texture, you know, to like to get it off the ground because it's a group photo. We're trying to get people to like come together and, and just look really great. You know, it's about them. For, for something of that scale, do you have to shoot, do you actually shoot the group all at once and just get, or do you have to shoot it in sections? No, God, I hate doing that. Um, <laughs> no, we shoot them all at once. Um, wow. Yeah, it's intense. It's an intense, you know, 45 minutes of, I don't even know how many, you know, it's like 20 people. You do all the singles and the group. In that 45 minute window? Yeah. Crazy, wow. crazy, Holy. and they're just they're, they're walking into the room that barely fits the set, and they're filling up around you, and you just start grabbing people to shoot. And that's the other thing about setting it up. It's like you've built this set to fit all these people who might come, but then you're like, oh, by the way, we have to do singles for everyone, and it can't. I mean, you don't really want it to be the same set, so like, what do you do? Like, what do you create? You know, I'm always borrowing from classic, like portraitures and trying to make it a little bit modern. So for that, you know, we made this set. I was working with Teresa Rivera Design, who used to do like Annie Leibowitz stuff for years and then went on to do a bunch of other stuff and now does huge events and um, art. 
But yeah, she uh, also based in New York came over with to me to LA, and you know she helped me do that set. And for the singles, I was like, let's just do something something classic. And it's when I started like my my black mom portrait black phase, and those really worked out. They came out really nice. Um, they're just good moments. It was easy to do, intimate setting. So yeah, it came out fairly well. But you know the the production side was kind of happenstance. You you do as much as you can to like prep, and then you also spend all day, right? So like I think they arrive. At, it's a night shoot basically. So they start arriving around seven or eight or something like that. Where it's an hour with them. Crew is there the day before prepping, and then I'm there all day setting up and like getting everything dialed in for them to arrive. And you think it's like a long, you think it's a long day, but it's like it just happens so fast. How big was your team for that? Like your photo team? Uh, that was for assistance. Also, just because like there's only so much space, so you don't need to right. Stand you can't fit everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I definitely needed four for that, just because like it was a fairly big build. It's also like, you know, it's a small space. So we were rigging up like a lot of piping to hang lights like a stage uh, so that we could have the clearance to like shoot through and get everyone, you know, get everyone clearly. Wow. Is that something where they're like, here's the room that we're shooting in. Here are the measurements. Figure out how you want to set up because you couldn't see the space in advance. Yeah, basically. Oh, they sent one or two pictures, but like, you know. Think of just an empty ball. It's, yeah, it's a box, you know? So just think, okay, well, if it's this many feet, how, you know, how's our backdrop going to fit? And what are we going to see? Are we going to need to do extensions? Just like, yeah, where's the light coming from? Like all the stuff. And also like thinking about how many people are going to be on set and how can we get things out of the way? Because, you you know, you, know, you don't want people tripping over stuff, especially right. celebrities. It's your fault if they do. Right. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, making everything safe, you know, and, you know, all of that. Was that one something that you lost sleep over? Was it stressful? Or were you like, I've done this before? It's just, you know, times 20 people or whatever. Uh, no, that was um, that was a little stressful. That was a little yeah. stressful. <laughs> <laughs> was, also, that was a little earlier on. That was like another big opportunity for me. They basically had like prepped me, you know, they had been giving me like group shots of different nature um, and I'd done a handful. So they were like, okay, you're ready for this big one. Yeah, it was more so nervous about the talent. I don't get too nervous about the set and the lighting and stuff. I'm, I'm pretty confident. It's just, you know, you just never know how talent's going to react and how much time you have and things are going to go correctly. Well, and that's also a lot of talent all at once. Yeah. I, I know the shot exactly. I remember seeing it. I was like, oh, it's so awesome. Did you walk away and you're like, yes, I did it. I've made it now. <laughs> I basically did. Because, like, you know, yes. yeah, I was like, almost like, I have Wyclef, I have Janet Jackson. I was like, this yeah. is, it, was, it was great. Um, also, like, again, music, yeah, it, it played such an important part. Um, I had to give a shout out to my, my fiance, who's an art director, who also helps me with my playlist. Um, she helped me with that one. And like, yeah, people were dancing. It was a little party. We're going to need this. a link to your Spotify <laughs> yeah. playlist over there, Jay. <laughs> yeah, like there was a little party while people were waiting to go singles and then while people were waiting to do the group shot. Oh, that's so, so fun. It was fun, you know. Is there like drinks on sets like that? Or like are people like partying? I feel like, like people... Yeah, yeah, I feel like at that point, everyone had probably had a drink getting ready, you know, at the very least. And they were on the, the, when they come in and arrive, that's like their first stop basically. And then they go to the party and the dinner. So uh, it's, it's a good time. You know, people are hanging out in a big room, saying hi to each other. Some are people are meeting each other for, for the first time. It's, it's really good energy. It's, it's a good, you know, good position for me to be in. <laughs> yeah. That was an epic, epic photo. Yeah. Thanks. That was yeah. So cool. <laughs> You're like, you don't need all the other portfolio. You just have this one, this one like this one image. Um, it's very grand and beautiful. Well, this is like a random, random one-off question. What does success look like to you? And what does failure look like to you? Oh, man. Um, the success one is easy. That is being able to provide for myself, you know? As long as I'm doing that and making a living off of what I'm doing, then I'm successful. You know, it doesn't, 
Yeah. The amount of money or like the quantifying is not really my goal. You know, I'm just there or I'm not, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Right. Um, You're not relying on other sources. Like you're not relying on like side jobs or anything like that. Like you're doing what you're doing full time. And that's, that's the goal. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, And then failure looks like, I mean, it looks like me giving up, I guess, you know? And I feel like giving up is different from walking away. Um, I could choose to transition out of photography and do something else with my time. I love photography, but something I also share with my a lot of my mentees is that um, it's a vehicle for me to drive around and be places I want to be in the arts, you know, and be with people I want to be with and create stuff. You know, I don't have to drive that car alone, you know, and I mean, not like by myself, but like I could have another car, you know, Um, or I could trade that one in and go somewhere else speed doing different things with different people. But again, for me, it's just a vehicle and I'm not necessarily married to it, despite how much energy and love I have for it and time I put in. So yeah, again, you know, walking away and choosing to do something else is different from me sort of saying, I can't do this anymore. It's not working the way I want it to. It's, it takes more willpower to walk away, actually, I think. Yeah, I think so too. But it's a recognizing in a good way, I think, when you can walk away from something. Yeah, I feel like that's a whole other process, you know, that also comes with some wisdom, ideally, because you've gone through the experience for some amount of time. Yeah, I was going to ask if on your trajectory to where you are now, was it just like a constant build of momentum or were there moments where you're like, I don't know if this is going to work? There were definitely moments where there were, I don't know, I don't know if it's going to work. But I will also say, despite that, the one thing that I count on is that every year is better than the last. It doesn't always mean money, doesn't always mean a specific job, but it's a variety of stuff, you know? Yeah, it's a variety of stuff. Every year is better than the last for me. So I'm just like, I'm, there are years where I, I say more so, hey, like, I wish it was faster. I want to get to like the next spot a little quicker, but um, yeah, that's what I count on. So, you know, that's my, that's since I've gotten in, I base that on my relationships. I meet new people, they build, things come, we do things together. So it's good. That's awesome. Tell us about your um, mentorship program or your involvement in just like mentoring people. Well, I have this nonprofit, Color Positive, and uh, that came about um, because of my background in advertising. I had this network of people who were tapping me for talent. Um, My first, first jobs in advertising were looking at other talent and like sort of putting talent together. Um, I used to go to the books for uh, one or two agencies. And that has always stuck with me. I love knowing the market. I love knowing who's out there, who's creating. It's always been something that has just, I, I, I like want to be on that pulse. So uh, yeah, people were tapping me, asking me for talent. A lot of the times it was black talent. And I was, I got tired of going back through old emails and trying to figure stuff out, especially at that time when, you know, that was going on, like, there was a lot less, a lot less and harder to get in touch with them. So I was like, I'll build a website. It's, you know, it's basically pretty plug and play at this point. I can do it overnight. And I did that, um, but I didn't want to launch. Uh, it felt a little bit rudimentary. There had been a lot of other sites that popped out, uh, women photograph, uh, diversify photo. I'm like, what am I doing? That's like that they're not, you know? And then I thought for a minute and I was like, you know what? I've been mentoring for a really long time. Um, I'm, I'm huge on mentorships. Uh, I've had mentors. I've been in other programs um, as a mentee. Uh, I've all, since leaving SVA at least twice a year, I'm at a school um, or different schools speaking to kids. Um, I really love to do that. So I had this network uh, that basically plugged me into schools in New York. And I was like, you know what? I can use this as a free agency to like plug the artists that I'm plugging back into the schools. So that's kind of how we launched. Um, 
a lot of the artists that you see on that roster, I'm not representing them. I'm just promoting them. And then a lot of them already have or have agreed to, you know, help out, counsel, mentor, be of service in some way, shape or form. But ultimately, the program um, is a la carte. I like to be ambiguous with what it is because it allows me to do different things. Um, I do consulting with it. Um, I've done contracts with big agencies who want to understand and also be on the pulse for new talent. And when we do contracts like that, it's usually larger. It's not just black talent. It's like diversity across the board, LGBTQI, women, et cetera. So, um, yeah, we just look and especially if they have special requests, you know, like, you know, we'll look for them. And then on top of that, it's, you know, me getting emails and calls from young talent being like, yo, I'm just like, really don't know what to do. Um, I'm trying to get to this next level. And I spend time with all of them, you know, um, I'm trying to get to know them. So I don't, I know I'm not getting calls like every other day. You're going to get a flood of emails after this. (laughs) But, you know, I get enough to be able to handle it myself or pass it off to other talent. Um, And I've been able to help a lot of other people and I've been able to get people jobs. So again, all a cart, it just depends on what you hit me up for. I use the network to help, you know, this talent. You guys can check that out. It's um, color-positive.com and we'll link it. Yeah, it makes me feel good about being a part of the community and helping build the community. And for people who want to be one of the artists that is on Color Positive, they just have to apply. And how, what's the vetting system like? Uh, vetting system, it's basically. <laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. And, you know, I and I I do my best to be like, don't be a gatekeeper. You know, like I'm constantly checking myself with that stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I'm putting people up who I feel like are are on the cusp or already shooting their personal and commercial work, you know, stuff that I can easily pitch to clients, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like there is a few faces and actually um, Andre's on there and we're going to talk to Andre. Oh, nice. Weeks. Andre oh, no. Yeah. We've interacted a bit. I've never met him in person, but I'm yeah, definitely promoted him a lot. <laughs> so cool. I have one super random question. Like, what are your thoughts on uh, AI portraiture? (laughs) I was like, it's AI. (laughs) Uh, I haven't fully formed one yet. Um, I have feelings. um, And none of them are that strong. I'm like, it's really cool. I'm also like, this is a little scary. For a lot of reasons. Yeah. And not just the one that's like, oh my God, they're going to put us out of business. Like, not just that. <laughs> it's just like, we're having so much trouble as a culture, as a world, like keeping up. And just with information alone and deciphering what is true or not, we're not going to be able to keep up with how technology creates and derives what feels very real to us. Um, that's a little scary to me. But I'm also someone who was just last week being like, just because I'm distracted, I'm like, I really do want to like play with it. You know, I do. Did you do something? No, I haven't. I haven't yet. I have not dived in yet. I got to say one of my, one of my biggest influences as a young photographer, like ever still to this day, the guy like, yeah, just kind of, I call hold a candle to him. Philip Toledano. He's been someone who has always been able to balance art and commerce And like, I see him do it like no one else. He's always been my inspiration of doing the two. Um, Anyways, if you go check him out, he's been creating a lot of stuff on his Instagram. Um, He's that kind of guy. He's just an idea guy. Like he doesn't care the medium. He's just an idea guy. He'll produce it. Like he's shown works that other people painted that are his works. You know, he'll play that line of like Richard Prince a little bit, just like who's the author. Um, He's really... He's very playful, very smart. Um, Yeah. So anyways, he's been someone who's been like kind of, I'm like looking at him as well being like, oh man, yeah, we should be playing with this. We should be experimenting at the very least and just kind of seeing what's up, but also being honest about how we, you know, present it and stuff. Approaching something from a place of only fear just like takes away any 
any uh, experimentation, any like trial and error, stuff like that. Yeah. It's a tool. It's just like, what are we going to use it for? You know, for me, I'm like excited to use it for my decks, like not having to look up an image and like, just like type in what I want and then have it look really good and put into the deck. Oh my God. Yes. Awesome. Like, you know? Yeah. I was actually working on a, on a, on like a shoot deck a couple of weeks ago. And I had this idea of a shot that I wanted to do and I could not find a reference for it. And I was like, man, I wish I, I, I need to get a membership to this AI thing. So I could just, <laughs> I could just create it and, and not have to find, cause you know, it's like once you put something in, then people get really attached to it. So you don't want to like, copy an image. You don't want to do this and that. So right. to just be right. able to offload your brain visually, like it's kind of cool. It's very cool. Um, yeah. I mean, for that use, I'm stoked. Um, I feel like my new image maker is um, Shot Deck, and that's been around for like three years now. Um, yeah, it's like film industry, um, but it's, you know, it's stock and you can type in down to a color or you can like type in blue storm, like drama and tons of movies will come up and it's just clips from the movies. You can pull the stills from the movies. Um, so I've been, I've been making a lot of decks with that as well. It's a, it's a really cool way to pull some imagery i feel like you mentioned a bunch of things that i'm excited to, i've been making notes i'm excited to check them out <laughs> well this was this was amazing yeah it was so, so nice, nice to meet and chat with you and yeah truly so inspiring just i'm such a fan of your work and i'm so excited to continue to follow everything that you're doing well thank you both of you guys are really awesome photographers like i like I, again i'm really honored that you asked me you know very much oh thank you well bye all right <laughs> if you have any comments questions or ideas on future episodes email us at photodump.club at gmail.com photodump was created by ren fuller and jennifer chong thank you to sam fuller for our cover art and overall tech support our music was created by daniel smith you can find me on instagram at jchongstudio and me at ren underscore fuller Thanks for listening.